Station. Yes, indeedy. Welcome back to another episode of the Sheep Station Cup Dynasty Podcast. Joined by my regular cast of suspects, guest, uh, I suppose I'll go cornerback. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Just uh, swatting passes, kicking asses, mate. I like it. I like it a lot. Boy to 69. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, Riz. It's good. It's good. It's, uh, it's been a few weeks since our last podcast. Had a bit of a break. Recharged the batteries. Yeah. How do we feel after a bit of time off? Really uh, professional and prepared. Um, this is definitely one of the smoothest starts to a podcast we've ever had, I would say. So, um, yeah, we're nailing it here. Yeah, it really doesn't feel like we've tried to do this before. Yeah, definitely uh, not. Yeah, it's just... It's, 100% know. organic. Oh, 100%. <laughs> 100%. Um, and I'm disappointed if anyone thinks it's not, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, had a couple of weeks off. Um, we needed a bit of time to, you know, reset and think of a life few ideas. Life gets in the way. Yeah, life does get a bit of the way sometimes. Um, bloody busy. Yeah. Bloody busy. Houses and weddings and... All Holidays, sorts of shit. All so, yeah, of that's it. So here we are. We're back. We're going to bring you just top quality podcasting as per usual. Um, let's start with a few things that are coming up. Hey, Survivor leagues. Oh yeah. Starting soon. What do you reckon? Where are we? What are we in? June? No, May. Just about. Yeah. Just so, about June. Yeah. Just when does the season June. start? September. So we've got a few months to to get this under control. So if you're interested in in joining the Survivor leagues this year, hit us up. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Sleeper, wherever you know us, see us, talk to us. Um, hopefully we can get a few leagues going this year. We've already started planning what we're going to do for the year. So pretty excited to uh, to get those rolling again. We'll throw think, it all um, over our socials. If you're, the if key you're, there, Moz, is you, you want to get in early, right? When it, It's a bit of uh, work for us to maintain, so there's not going to be too many of those leagues available. And we've got already two leagues worth of people that played That's last right. year. And a lot of those will want to come back, so getting quick if you're... If you'd like the sound of the Survivor Leagues and want to be a part of it in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot um, of fun commissioning it, so I imagine it was even more fun playing. So oh, hopefully. It was great fun. Yeah, yeah I think uh, we got a fair bit of good positive feedback from last year, so we've uh, taken a few ideas on board. And, um, yeah, I think we've planned probably we will have planned better for this year. So hit us up, socials, or, you know, we'll, we'll post a few things on Facebook, Instagram. So, uh, yeah, you won't miss it if you're, if you're following us on those. So definitely hit us up. Um, and, yeah. That's that's one thing. Uh, Sheep's one rookie draft next week. Excited? Oh well, I mean, excited once we get past the first round when I get to start picking. But yeah, <laughs> yep, it's a uh, pretty pretty lonesome first round for you. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it's what happens, I guess, when teams are rebuilding and there's a bloke with three picks and a couple with two. And yeah, but look, we're only a week away, so. We'll uh, let you know the results of that, I suppose, later down the track. But yeah, uh, so you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm just, you know, remember in the same position as Chris, actually behind him with my first pick. It's got to hope um, all the hype and everything like that and as uh, pushes these players up the board to these mm. rebuild teams and they take them early and they perhaps shouldn't. You get some good value in that early second round. Too right. Too right. And I think there's already some, some rumors about a few moves that could be made and... Um, some some picks that might go early or late or whatever. So it's going to be exciting, but um, we'll let you know the results of those later down the track. But um, look, we, we have been off for a few weeks. I know the draft's been been and gone, but we um, we didn't talk about running back landing spots, and I think we've got some interesting stuff that we want to bring up about these guys. Uh, Michael Carter was, was spoken about just before we came on to the podcast, so we might uh, bring that up and have a chat about him. But a couple of strange landing spots here that we, we weren't really expecting, so we're going to break them down. Um, and then, yeah, we've got a few exciting episodes coming up a little bit, a little bit later on that will help you with your dynasty strategies and startup strategies and all that kind of stuff. So um, I know there's a lot of people these days that are new to the dynasty game, so it's a bit of fun. But, um, yeah, let's let's get cracking, shall we, into rookie running backs? Yeah? Let's Thoughts? do it. Let's rip in. So, um, look, the much-awaited much Najee Harris draft pick I suppose we waited oh, just over half of the first round. Uh, Najee Harris went to the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 24 overall. A lot of people thought this was going to be the case. Ewis, um, thoughts on this one, mate? Yeah, Good I think spot. this is... Uh, well, I mean, I don't know, sort of like in terms of being a good spot for a running back because of the line or the winning team and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's not like the greatest spot. I don't know that Pittsburgh are going to be the best team they're in a very tough division and um 
they're still going to be a good team though so it's a good spot for a running back but then just the capital that they've spent the way they're talking about what they want to do with the running back that they've he's been drafted to be a workhorse so i think that makes him a really safe draft pick and i think it makes him a pretty clear 101 for me in a non-superflex draft do you agree with that petey on the oh yeah i think the point Chris made about him being a clear workhorse has been what he's been drafted for. That's 100% true. I think that's why he is out and out the clear running back one here in this class. Um, yeah, it's pretty safe. I think that it's always going to be skewed uh, running back heavy in a rookie draft, but I think you know Chase and, or Pitts could have that longevity that if you really needed them um, or long-term, they're probably going to end up with maybe potentially higher value, but Normally, if you have the 101 pick, yeah, you're pretty needy for a running back, right? So Too right. you're probably looking to have to take Najee Harris here, which isn't a bad thing. And, and it's just like that, say, you, you have to sort of start somewhere, so get on board with it. I think if you look at the other next guys, he's the he's the one that's landed in a, on a good team uh, that sort of well, that did perform fairly well last year. They might be some questions about their O-line, but... Um, there is some things that help a good low line and that can be, you know, a good running back and also make make up for that. Saquon didn't play behind a great O line in his rookie season and still put up monster points, especially the key there was his pass catching, right? Yeah, and true. Najee right. can catch a ball. Yeah, and I think if Ben's gonna get this offense moving, if uh, in, indeed he does the the whole year at quarterback, I think that Najee's gonna be a good little option, just checking down, kinda of like Philip yeah. Bruce did last year with JT. Um, if you think about so it, it could be an option for him. Yeah, the, the, the Big Ben being a bit older is the same as Eli. And it's interesting to look back at the Saquon comparison because I think most people are knocking Najee, not, not on him, but the landing spot and the, the offensive line. But I think the Steelers have always had good lines and not necessarily just um, gone out and pulled free agent linemen in. They just build their own line and they build a lot of their stuff from in-house. So you got to have confidence that the Steelers can, can readjust and... I think the other part is sort of the way that Big Ben what played last year, and this is what a lot of people sort of close to the team are talking about, is um, he he can't carry the team on his back anymore. He, mm. he doesn't have the arm for it. So yeah. the reason a lot of people have given for them going out and getting the first running back and making sure they picked him at, in the first round was that they need to make that part of the game their strength so that mm. they can then not have to, you know, fall behind and, and have to rely on Big Ben throwing bombs down the field. They can let him be a bit more of a game manager, rein him in a little bit more, and that's where they're more successful. So I think they've got the defense that's pretty strong, so this is a this is a definite plan for their team to, to run the ball more. Could be. Uh, all right, so straight after that, um, we... We had a bit of panic, I think, from Jacksonville. <laughs> they traded to, to come in and get... Oh, they did trade up to get this, didn't they? Yeah. Traded up to get uh, Travis Etienne. He was the second running back off the board. Literally the next pick. Um, thought this was quite interesting. Uh, Petey, what did you see about this one, mate? Yeah, pretty interesting here. I think um, the hardest thing about this one is... This is probably one of those spots that people thought could be a potential running back landing spot. But even after the running backs landed there... it. It's not as clear that he is guaranteed running back one in the team. Um, Apparently, looks, he's a third down back, mate. Yeah, it looks. I think that that's probably valuable points. But this is where you're picking between him and Harris, right? Or comparing them, right? Mm. He's gonna. They looks sounds more like saying him. He's a third down running back means we got confidence in James Robinson to run the ball when we want to run the ball, right? Um, you'll come on, do some pass pass catching work, you know, run the rock a bit. And so it looks like committee there to me, which is always caps the, the upside on um, both players involved and it'll be perhaps the opportunity for him this season to, to build and to just get more work but also um, you know it's hard to write off James Robinson who he's also you know proven himself from a UDFA he's got that underdog mentality I think he's up for the fight and he'll be not shying away from the competition right I think sure, the right. flip side of that though um, new coaching staff so they don't really care about James Robinson, I guess. Um, he's an undrafted free agent, so it's not like they're financially on the hook for him either. Mm. And sort of Urban Meyer, just he loves just speed and five-star, basically. So, like, Travis Etienne is, like, his his ideal player, basically. Just 
we want to get faster everywhere has kind of been his mantra a bit. And so I kind of think it's a lot of, oh, yeah, we just drafted him to be a third-round running back sort of. That doesn't make sense. You don't you don't draft a third round a third down running back in the first round. No, it's, exactly. They've they've um, drafted him to have a role. It may not be right away, but I wouldn't expect he's going to be sitting on the sidelines for too long. He's definitely going to have a big part of the offense. It's just not a very good offense. Going to ride up. There's a lot of new parts moving around in Jacksonville. I think there's the same point of being like you know he's a rookie NFL head coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Coming into a new team says all this stuff that doesn't this is a this isn't college football where you have unlimited athletes coming through and all this that whole recruiting you have got to deal with what you've got in front of them and I think that I think they're still going to use Robinson because it, like he has to be used like he's unless he's healthy he's healthy he's, he's proven himself and I think that's what they're going to do at the start I think ETN just has that change in the change between him and Najee is that He's coming into a situation where he has to compete. He has to um, <laughs> beat that challenge, and it's probably that mental aspect of um, of Travis. That's like he, if he can beat that, yeah, he'll come out stronger the other side. And I think, but Najee's come in slightly differently, where he's got to prove himself as a lead back. Uh, and some of these guys can often, when they come in as second fiddle, struggle. And I'm not saying he guaranteed to will, but that's just another thing that. Um, he has to another hurdle he has to overcome, so to speak. He's got to start with what he has, can get, and then just prove himself bit by bit. Which is something that, when you're looking to draft that player, um, you want as the maximum upside as early as possible, right? So it's a bit of an investment to, especially if you're looking at one or two in a non-superflex league. Um, it's a question mark you're thinking about, right? How how long is it going to take him to to be? the RB1 and, and if he's not the RB1 by a certain amount of time will he ever be the RB1 would be the question that I the concern that I would have it's kind of a bit more like a wide receiver I guess where mm. it's pretty rare that a wide receiver is going to come in and be immediately impactful and it's sort of the opposite like if you look at wide receivers that are sort of successful right away it's really like let's say Devonta Smith He's going into a, a spot where he really doesn't have a whole lot of competition around him because it's a pretty thin wide receiver class. But that's that's not where the the sort of impactful first round of like first year wide receivers come from. It's like sort of uh, you know Adam Thielen in front of Jefferson. He's a really solid player, so it takes attention away from them and they they get better. It's the opposite for running backs. And if you're now looking at well it's going to take him maybe a little while to come in. It takes away that, like, oh, running backs are better because they're immediately impactful, whereas wide receivers might take a little while. So it brings more players into the pool that you're thinking about when you're picking on the clock in a rookie draft. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of, like, uh, you know, we've drafted Lawrence at 101. Maybe we give him something familiar in the backfield as well. Um, Mm. Just, you know something that he can he's familiar with something he can check down to if he's he's in a bit of strife I know a lot of rookie quarterbacks are just thrown into it and you know they've got nothing familiar no rapport with anyone I think this is probably a good move um, to just give him something familiar um, so it's a good move for Lawrence it's a good move for, for I suppose ETN as well there's definitely worse places he could have landed where he would have just come in with absolutely no rapport at all so this is at least one good thing uh, is he your 102 oh well your RB2 oh, definitely yep, yep. Fair enough. Um, all right, let's keep going through these guys. Um, let me just get the next one. It was Javonte Williams uh, to the Broncos, PD. Your your team. Happy with this pick? Or? Well, I really, I think if for fantasy and like the like liking Javonte Williams, it's probably not the best landing spot for him. I think they have sort of that similar runner in Melbourne Gordon there now. Who, and I would also say with the conservative. Uh, coaching regime there they're probably going to look to not flood the the rookie out too early and they're going to like you know want to trust the vet type thing i think that's mm-hmm. the, definitely a broncos mentality they have they're not going to go flash and be like let's just let this guy out there and rock like they'll probably be like well melvin gordon's our guy we're going to stick with him and actually go there but i think it's a another good spot that because gordon's only on a one-year contract he mm-hmm. can come out i guess strong the other side but it's one of those wait and see type things like the longer you wait throughout the season, like if you're drafting him now and halfway through the season, he hasn't 
done a lot. It's starting to get question marks about where is he any good or not because I'm, I'm a real big fan of seeing these running backs in their rookie year come out and actually perform mm. in their rookie year. But I think he's in a decent spot. It's probably just has dropped his stock definitely in rookie drafts just out of the that same thing. The immediate impact isn't there. I think the question marks really for him also are, are the Broncos going to be a strong enough team that can support two running backs in that committee? Um, I definitely think last season with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon, it sort of got to a point when they both weren't productive and the only time Melvin Gordon sort of did start to see some decent fantasy numbers was when Lindsay was out injured. Um, they seem to put run Lindsay as the the running playback and, and then Melvin Gordon as the pass catching back and pretty good value for Gordon there. But it will be interesting to see what they do with these two because I think one of the things that made the offense so predictable was the fact that they were doing things like that. If it was Lindsay was um, not on the field, they weren't running the ball. Although, like if Lindsay was on the field, they were going to run the ball. They weren't going to pass yeah, the yeah. ball with him on the field, right? And it made it really predictable. You need to have an offense needs to have that sort of ability to have that dynamic back that can do both. And I think sort of Javante and Melvin both fill that role. So maybe it's a good mm. thing for them that they can throw both of them out there at any time and keep anything on the on the board. But it could be a little bit hitting 50-50 who's the guy halfway through the season once maybe Williams has sort of proven himself and getting in the rotation. There's still going to be Melvin Gordon there that's sort of competing with him for... For opportunities, it's just the, the percentage chance, right? Is it the, is it the play the touchdown was scored on? Which guy got it? Like, I think it's I think probably be... a good thing that. Oh, sorry, it was uh, that Javante Williams has shown that he can do it with another guy in the backfield. So, you know, him and Michael Carter are a great one-two punch. And I think there's a lot of pressure on the Broncos and Drew Locke this year. They might find themselves in that, you know, a little bit more run-heavy, and maybe um, they just think that, yeah, like, as you said, that it was a bit predictable last year, and now they've yeah. got a guy that can do a bit of everything. So, here is what you're gonna say, mate. Uh, good question. I was going to say, um, Melbourne Gordon, <laughs> uh, he is getting on a bit as well. So uh, there is going to be a point where Melbourne Gordon sort of just, his play starts to drop off, I think. And that's when I think you'll start to see Michael Carter take over. And I, Michael I wouldn't Carter. Say Michael Carter, you just said his name. Um, yeah, Javonta Williams sort of take over. And uh, yeah, I think... Um, Did I say Michael Carter? Yeah, when you said you, you were he... talking about him, yeah. I oh, just, my bad. Yeah, because you were saying he was in the same backfield as Michael Carter. I, I, oh yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, drew the drew the bow. Um, yeah, I think that you're going to start to see him take over. Maybe it won't be this year. Maybe it'll be next year. But I I do think he's he's got a chance. But I just look back at who the Broncos have drafted at running back, and it just terrifies me. So I'm I'm not real excited about uh, Broncos. And the history of running backs. Yeah, the Broncos have a great history of um, UDFA running backs. Yeah. Time. Like their last, the best running backs in the recent history they've drafted. I mean, picked up were both CJ Anderson, UDFA, Philip Lindsay, UDFA. <laughs> Royce Freeman, they drafted in the third round. He wasn't great. So perhaps this is a better opportunity now. Um, and one point, I was like, I'm just rambling on the Broncos here a little bit, was I the run it. heavy, run heavy part of it. They could go, like, I think it, in my head, you can't just go run heavy if you don't have the if you're not strong in the passing game to at least tempt up to that you can bring and the play stack action. the box right and I think that's the part Drew Locke has to prove himself as a consistent passer and not turn the ball over when they like when we need to throw the ball he can convert with his arm and um, that'll be the point when once they can um, show that they'll be able to run the ball very well um, and they probably will then run the ball well and then once you start put men in the box will pass on you. That's the type of thing to get that real balanced offense, which is what they probably want to do. And last season, they just weren't running the ball at all. And then Drew Locke had to throw. And then he sometimes, he, you know, move the chains a little bit and all of a sudden he's done his roll pick. But when if, if he has some consistency and they can actually build a smart offense that can actually, you know, get him on the front foot as opposed to playing from behind, he always just seems to be playing from behind. Maybe there's a chance the Broncos actually might have a decent offense or, or a, a support, you know, the amount of fantasy studs, they might say. Mm. Like, they are a lot of good weapons in that offense, but you know, they, they all can't be fed, right? If they, with yeah. a, without um, a Peyton Manning-level quarterback, like... That, can they trade for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Um, no, I just looked through the, the running backs and I was just, yeah, Royce Freeman, you got Devontae Booker, 
Sorry, Gerg. A couple of six-round guys, and then you, you're all the way back to Monty Ball. So it's just, uh, I think, I don't know. I'm sure Pete remembers Monty Ball, but yeah. just in and out of the league immediately. I just, they just have a terrible history of drafting running backs. So it just seem, it just scares me a bit to see I him think go there. I think this is like just doing our scouting, though. I think he's a, a better running back than any of those blokes you just mentioned. So. Oh, Monty Ball was pretty highly touted, um, and then he—I can't even remember what happened—but he pretty much didn't ever Dropped play a game. Yeah, um, yeah, he was. I remember drafting him, and I, I think he got injured, and then he just never played. So yeah, Ronnie Hillman ended up being, I think, of that. Yeah, yeah, Ronnie Hillman ended up being the dude. That, that, this is the thing that like we take into account a lot. I think, and this is a point that Chris is making. There could be these good, talented players that go to teams and sometimes it just doesn't work out right and in this draft somewhere there's going to be these type of players that their tape looked great everything looked good their landing spot you know whatever we've talked about but there's something just goes wrong with this player like and it's normally probably something that i think either comes from potentially injury or um they're just not in the right headspace they're not prepared for what it is to play in the nfl and that level of competition or the pressure it takes i don't know there's there's you can't underestimate the mental impact of the game and sometimes it's hard to to figure out who are these guys that can and cannot it's just sort of i think you're not gonna be able to be like oh i picked this guy to be the one that's gonna break you just have to factor in that when you're making these picks or all these guys there is a potential you have to factor in that any of these guys could be that one that is the bust or the, the guy that struggles at the next level and that's just i think part of the calculation you have to make and, and the thinking sort of you can't just think oh I'm getting a 101 I'm just going to get my next running back for the next 10 years or well, you know, 10 years is a long time for a running back yeah. but you can't just like say Najee Harris you can't be like oh my team's going to compete now that I got the 101 I got Najee Harris on my team I'm going to kill it it's like well these are all rookies right that mm. anything can happen with these guys they can they can be good things can change new coaches everything like we talk about Chris was saying like you know the Urban Meyer's in there now next year the new coach could be enough to draft and run it back they don't want to wants to pass the ball more. I don't know it's so so fickle that sometimes it's just like just have that um, understanding that nothing's for certain here definitely alright let's moving on let's moving on let's move on uh, that's enough about the Broncos no one likes them anymore uh, Trey Sermon Taken by the 49ers. Round three, pick 25. Speaking um, of messy backfields. Yeah, that's uh. that's it. I mean, <laughs> they lost a, a running back this week. Um, which one was it? Hasty? Wilson. Wilson. Wilson, that's it. Wilson went down. Um, he's apparently going to be out for a, quite, a, quite a while. So um, I suppose this leaves a little bit of an opportunity for Trey Sermon. But, um, they, they went out and got Wayne Gorman in the offseason. Yeah. They've still got Hasty. They've still got Mostert. They obviously still had... Wilson, they drafted someone else as well in this draft, didn't they? Um, Elijah they did. Mitchell they um, in round six. They love six. a running back, huh? Yeah, it's a... Like, well, Raheem Moses has been super successful for him, but yeah, still hasn't been say, on the back of big volume, so it's obviously all a... These guy, all, all the 49ers seem to just have... They like the idea of... They love the running back, and there's always depth, right? Because mm-hmm. they know they're going to get injured, and that's... I've got to see, like, you know, how many times have we seen Jeff Wilson... The guy in front of him gets injured, and Jeff Wilson's there, and like, all right, I'm going to score the points this week, and that's what yeah, that's the three minutes, right? So you, you've got to have like any of the any of these guys any day could be the guy that is like a fantasy RB one any week, and mm-hmm. I think in having in sermon, you're taking that chance that yeah, you you know he could he could be that guy, perhaps maybe they're never he's never going to be a um, the Najee Harris workhorse, but he's going to be that t- person that can you put into your lineup and can he score you 10 to 15, hopefully 20 points a week. He could be that, and that's the, the, the opportunity that you, you're investing here at this sort of level of running back. And I think he sort of fits, a, he's sort of slightly a little bit different to what they've had in their running backs prior, like that speed and shiftiness, or like, you know, the one cut and then burst of speed running that they do. So mm-hmm. perhaps it might... um. It'd be interesting to see training camp with these running backs because. Too right. Got to remember as well, most is getting a bit older. Um, yeah, definitely. Oh. So yeah, now twenty eight years old. So he's he's pushing up there. So look, he's he's probably come in for. But I think who knows one more year. If you think about it, what are you? 
you're drafting Sermon hoping to get most it, right? I think that's the way. I'm yeah. Gonna, you're not drafting Sermon hoping to get Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a crowded back back room at the backfield at the moment. Whatever the word is, I'm trying to say there. Backfield. Um, I don't know where are you going to take this guy if you if you're sitting at say you know Najee, Etienne, and Williams are off the board. Are you going to say that you know say they're off the board in the top five? Are you going to take him at seven, eight, nine, ten, or are you going to wait for the second round and? I think once you start getting into that eight, nine, ten range is where you start thinking about this next little tier of running backs um we're talking obviously not super flex here so um yeah you've you've got your sort of big three wide receivers your big three running backs and kyle pitts i'm I'm expecting those guys to go off the board in most drafts sort of in some order of those seven players maybe some people might shift waddle and smith down just depending on what they think but in most drafts that's what i've sort of been seeing so definitely they're the they're the top seven and they're pretty much locked in the top seven or eight players um after that i think you kind of see preferences to whether you like one of these him him or michael carter seem to be going next or you might get elijah moore bateman um a couple of the wide receivers that people are liking go in the same sort of range so i think that's about where they're going to get picked all right, so speaking of Michael Carter, he was the next off the board. Uh, second pick of the fourth round. Um, and a lot of people are saying, you know, fourth round running backs don't do anything. But, I mean, second pick, he might as well be a third, right? You, you had a nice little chat about him just before. You want to... Uh... Yeah, so I saw this um, take on Twitter and I I was going to talk about this a couple of weeks ago when I remembered who it was, but now I can't remember who it was. So... Um, <laughs> I was going to give him a shout out and everything. And it wasn't a, a big name. It was just sort of a, a guy on Twitter that, that got a lot of traction for talking about uh, Michael Carter and Ziyame Brown, who were sort of later round picks, but because of their opportunity, people were picking them a bit early. And he laid out some pretty solid stats about um, hit rates and, and things like that. But then I was sort of looking back and I was like, I find that really surprising because it, it, like you kind of look where he was drafted and he's he's rb5 this year off off the board in in the nfl draft so it's like surely those players are hitting a little bit better than five percent of the time that seems absurd to me so Hmm. i went and looked at um the sort of running back draft positions over the last couple of years and so i looked at where the the round four running back started going so in 2020 uh the first back off the board in round four was Josh Kelly. He was RB10 in the class. In 2019, it was RB8, Bryce Love. In 2018, we're RB9. So we're looking back at, and it's like twice as many running backs have come off the board before round four in the last three years before this. And it, it, I think it keeps going, yeah, RB9 for the year after that as well. So I kind of wanted to look at players in around the same position and then when you're looking at sort of like that 100 to 110 sort of range, guys like Naheem Hines, James Connor, um, who else did I have on the list? There, I think there was Alexander Madison. So I, when I look at those players, Jeremy Langford, and then we're starting to get pretty far back. Um, they're not like, it's to me, that doesn't seem like a disaster zone of players like James Connor was super successful. Neem Hines had good seasons. Jeremy Langford had a good season. Like these, are, these aren't horrible players. I think I saw Lamar Miller when I looked back was pretty close to this kind of range. So I don't think this round four capital is the end of the world for Michael Carter. He's gone into an ambiguous situation for the Jets who don't really have any running back. Yeah, I'd say he's gone start. into a very good situation yeah. to, um, to to push for a workhorse. Yeah, for sure. to to knock him because he's a round four pick to me just seems crazy um it's just such a arbitrary line to draw just because it happens to be a, a new day in the draft doesn't really mean that much like yeah pick would you would you feel better if he was picked at 332 if they traded yeah. up two spots for him like yeah it doesn't make That's a difference to me too, yeah. so yeah i really liked him pre-draft i think he's got a great opportunity to be involved i think the jets are a real up-and-coming team their defenses looked real good at the end of last year and i think they're going to start to make some moves in the right direction 
I mean, it's hard to say for the Jets, but it was hard to say for the Browns, and they're looking pretty positive now. So, um, yeah, I I think he's he's got a great opportunity. Well, they got rid of Gase. I don't think he's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone's going to say that. They're but gonna you know, if they good. still shit the bed this year, like far out. <laughs> yeah, I don't I think, think that they're going to be like... getting rid of him will change it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, think yeah, he's he's just makes it right, feel a little bit better, right? Yeah, sorry, I keep talking over you guys. <laughs> It's fine. We'll just talk yeah, over just, each other so no one knows what we're other. saying. What are we saying? Oh, yeah. Um, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, I don't think he's going to be Ezekiel Elliott, but um, good fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I I can see him as kind of just a, you know, he'll, he'll probably go off every second week, I guess. Um, and then he'll kind of have that eight to ten points on the weeks that you, you stick him on your lineup and then he'll score 20 on the ones he's sitting on your bench. But... Um, I think this is a really, really good landing spot for a very decent running back. Um, I, so, yeah, I can see this guy. He could almost sneak up above Javante Williams if, you know, by the end of the year he's 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 got the work or spot. You could say, well, shit, if someone's taking him as the third running back off the board and you laugh at him now, he'll be laughing at the end of the year because this guy's come in at a, in a better situation and he's just workhorse. So I think Naheem Hines was a pretty good... Oh, that's going to say the same thing. When you yeah. brought up Hines, I thought this is a situation similar with him. He's not the player that needs all the touches. He's but he's electric with the opportunity he's given, and he's dangerous. Um, and that's what sometimes isn't, you know, oh, this isn't the massive points every week, but it's the points you, you need and you can start and you can play every week. And mm-hmm. it's what the player you need in your roster, and not even in NFL team, but in a fantasy team that. He might not be the running back you start every week because you've got your two studs above him, right? But the week you're on a buy, he's the bloke you pull in and he might get you that 15. If he gets two touchdowns, you're absolutely cheering, right? Um, and you yeah. and you win the week. And I think he's the, the type of player, if you look at the running backs in their team, they're all, you know, you, well, what do you, no, no, they're no well beaters. There's no one that's going to say, oh, that guy is, you know, they're probably you know good NFL running back, solid, runs the ball hard. But who's the one that can take it to the house? Or who's the one that, you know, can make nothing, something of nothing. The others don't fit that category for me, and I think that's that's the type of player you're looking at at this level. Like in this, starting to think of these part of like type of running backs, and then especially I think it's changing more at um, in this day and age in the NFL. There's only certain amount of workhorse running backs, and they're normally like right at the top. They're the creme, right? And then the rest is like who's the um, high upside committee guy or the guy that can do the most with the least like what's his efficiency so to speak and I think Carter has that I think another player I was just going to say like that fits the same kind of description when I was looking down was Tariq Cohen who's is a bit more electric totally different profile to the rest of the team when he came in and he was picked I'm pretty sure in the fourth round as well from memory Um, yeah yeah, 119 overall so 13 in the fourth round came in next to a, a bit more of a bruiser of a running back and he was just absolutely electric immediately and was just so different to the rest of their team he was super successful um right off the bat and that that's the kind of opportunity that he might have Ooh. i mean he's got to beat out tevin coleman ty johnson at the moment um and i think that's definitely doable the um, Michael Piron, yeah, the Michael Piron from last year, who's I suppose there was a bit of hype about, but um, you can easily see him overtaking those three guys. So yeah, I think he's definitely got some upside. I'd be you know taking a shot at him, kind of mid first round, definitely. So yeah, I, I, I like think him. this is a team that that sort of comes from the forty, like you know, come, come the head coaches, the DC from the Forty Nineers, right? They're going right. to come with that same sort of, you know, I think a lot of times that the defense sometimes likes the offense of an old team, like you know they. They remember what worked in teams that they were successful in, right? And I think that's he's sort of looking to have that depth at the running back. And I think there could be the opportunity that all four uh, are used in a rotation or however they're going to use them. They're, they're going to want all four on the team, right? Um, and it's just like, which is the guy that can do... That to me, that I keep going back to is, which is the guy that can take it to the house and get a 60, 70-yard touchdown on one of his four carries. Like, that's... That's what you want to be able to start with, right? Like the big play. The, 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 that's what, if, like sometimes you can look at a running back, right? And it goes 20 for a 120, but he's run like one uh, 80 yard touchdown and the rest were like all two yard 
runs and the stat line doesn't show but it's like you need that one big the player that can make that big big run um and if you think about it that's the valuable player right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even if 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 it yeah you guys like you know say derrick henry he run he has some big touchdowns and if, if you want to try and replicate derrick henry from someone that's not going to get the volume you want the guy that can make the one big play to run um, and it's going to get a lot closer right than the volume yeah, spot on. Spot on. Um, yeah, next guy. All right, yeah, yeah next, next guy. Um, I've just had to quickly just uh, Google the pronunciation. If it's Kune Nuwangu was the next guy off the board. <laughs> uh, not spelt anywhere near that, but uh, look. Not keen. It's not keen. It's not keen Nuwangu. It's it's uh, it's Kune Nuwangu. Kune Nuwangu. Um, didn't uh, do any anything to do with this guy uh, pre-draft. Didn't even know his name. Sorry, got picked by the Vikings. He's more um, of a of special teams type. Yeah, that's exactly he? what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, very explosive kick returner. Um, good top speed, apparently, according to uh, what's this ESPN. Um, so oh, that's pretty much all I've got for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's go on. Uh, 99th percentile forty yard dash. Woo! Woo! God damn, that's fast. You can't 96 teach speed. On the speed score. Eighty six on the burst score. Just Agility. You can't teach speed. Yeah. You probably <laughs> can. Yeah. I don't know if you can, but yeah, look. That's fast. Look, I think when I looked at it, I was like, oh, wow. He he has these... Um, the athletic measurables are, are pretty good on this guy. Um, his college reductions, uh, he's dominated as the fifth percentile, so it's very low. <laughs> yards per carry, 56, but at 5.6. So it's, it's definitely that college reduction that's, that's down on him, right? Well, look, um, he had 143 carries across four years. Oh, yeah. great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Look, Four touchdowns, all in the same year. I think one thing, Chris, this team does this. The Vikings, right? They run the no, ball a specific. Both of you. They run the ball a specific <laughs> way, right? CB, they... what are you talking about? It's that, <laughs> Sorry, like, it's that wide zone sort of running where they want got they want to make big holes and guy for speed to shoot through them. And he sort of, I think, came out of nowhere into this, you know, to be drafted in this position, right? Over the some of the backs that we were were looking at between them, right? But he's sort of. He's what the he's the running back that I think the Vikings have said this guy fits us best. Mm-hmm. We need a running back, and this is where we're gonna we're gonna pick this guy up. And I think that says a lot about the, the opportunity there. And this is where like that draft capital type of thing is valuable because it's sort of like, well, was another team gonna pick him up around there or not? Like, he doesn't seem to have been on on potentially our radars, but that's not to say he wasn't on in the NFL circle radars. But I think what I like it the the thing the positives of this is that he sort of fits that type of runner and he probably wasn't used as well in at the college level but maybe the Vikings see something that they like he's an insurance policy there for them to be like well we don't have Dalvin Cook's got some injury history we have Madison to back him up but who's our guy that's going to be that insurance in case we lose both of those two and I sort of think that's the decisioning they've made to be like this guy can do what we want even uh, to spell Madison, like if, if we mm. lose Dalvin Cook, Madison can't do do what Dalvin Cook does. No matter how good he is, like he's, he just can't do everything that he can do. So maybe just like to have a bit more variety in the rest of their team as well. So well, this guy's a big dude, six one. Mm, can't tall. teach size either. Ninety five kegs. He's a pretty big dude. Um. Yeah, look, you might be just a sneaky stick him on your taxi and see what happens, I guess. This guy's um, definitely someone to keep an eye on. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's some decent some decent capital. If you, you, you're talking about, you know, some people are saying, you know, the Patriots picked up, we're going to talk about in a second, Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson, and, you know, he's going in third, fourth rounds. You might as well pick up yeah, I think this dude as well, the thing, right? The thing with this guy is he's probably fallen behind the most... Um, a bigger stud. Yeah, the, yeah, a good a good room. But mm. sometimes being part of a good room is a good opportunity, I think, for him as well. Like you get two solid running backs in a solid running team to learn from. Like, too right. Um, the price you're paying for these dart shot running backs at the end of the fourth, or like you know, the, the guys are like, oh, I better get them on my taxi squad just in case. They could be some, they could hit, they could miss, but I'm gonna get them. This guy has that opportunity. Like, although it's sort of, uh, a bit murky. He's he's stuck on the depth chart a little bit, but he's in a team that. He sort of suits what they do, and um, if he, I guess if he goes out there and proves himself on special teams, he's only going to push the coach more and more to try and get him involved in the running game. So that's the, the like he's not just a guy they drafted to be like, oh, let's test the tires on this guy. I think they've drafted this guy to be like, he fits our team. We're gonna, we're gonna, he's in our future. 
Mm. All right, let's uh, let's roll through another couple more here. Just um, a few kind of interesting landing spots that uh, just spoke about Ramondre Stevenson going to the Patriots. Um, there's definitely an opportunity here for a bit of work with uh, Sony Michelle. Just you know, not quite panning out uh, as they hoped. Uh, is this a guy you're going to take a shot on, kind of second, third round, or are you going to just kind of just let him go to somebody else? I think somebody he's else. probably the next on my list, but I'm not going after him or anything like maybe if he's if he's sitting there and I don't really like any of the other options maybe I pick him up in the late third early fourth round but I I, I would have to see where we're where we're where, at, where it's falling yeah, what's what's happening in the draft because it there's there's a fair bit going on in that Patriots team they're not really looking like world beaters right at the moment and there's a lot of other running backs there, so I I can't really see him being particularly impactful right away. And then maybe we're starting to look at Belichick retiring and a whole new team, and and he never Josh gets McDaniels an opportunity. being head coach. Yeah, I mean he just, but maybe he just never gets a chance. So it's, mm. he's and not I mean, real high on my list. It's got to beat out Damien Harris, James White's still there, Sony Michelle. Um, yeah, it's still still quite a crowded backfield. You just kind of lean forward to. Uh, he's not on the roster at the moment. Um, yeah. JJ I think Taylor, he's I suppose, the, he's, was there. But you let him go to the point, resident he, Patriots person on your in your league, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had him, Moz, I think you just mentioned, like, would you take him in the second, early third? I think that's the second is definitely no thank you for me. Way too early. Early third. Yeah, um, I agree. There's probably some wide receivers that are... I don't think there's a lot of depth in that wide receiver class. It's probably looking like a mid to late, like, third that I would... Potentially, I think if he was still there, maybe I could have a have a chance with him. But he doesn't. He hasn't landed in a good spot. And I like Chris said, the point that I think is key is like no one knows what the Patriots are going to do. It looks like they're just they're just building a pool of players to be like, let's go compete. Whoever wins out, we're going to roll with, or we're going to go with this. It could completely change team. The team could look completely different next year with Mac Jones and. Mm. Um, under center instead of Cam Newton and also Cam Newton's there at the moment and he loves to you know dive over from one yard out he's the red zone back right but you know they, yeah. you know, this guy's a big dude um, you can see him scoring a few touchdowns he might have those games where he scores two just all of a sudden I mean it's known to happen in the back the Patriots, of the Patriots. Yeah. who was that dude Gillisley who just came on and scored three touchdowns and everyone raced to the waiver wire to pick him up <laughs> wasted time because he just did nothing for the rest of the yeah. season but nothing at all um, he might be worth yeah as you said end of the third back into the fourth when there's sorry front of the fourth where there's you know there's no other running backs that are really available or you know don't have an easier path to game time so I mean Stevenson's definitely got a shot at least I mean I suppose you can say the same about Kenneth Gamewell who went next but you know getting a bit of work out of the passing game but you don't see a guy in the rest of this list that could have as many carries um, kind of around the goal line I guess um, but you know I think it comes down to yeah, I mean, you know who else is a big dude, Cam Newton. But um, I think it comes down to what I said before, which is like, we're still talking about RB6 off the board or something. Like, One, two, three, four, um, seven. Yeah, seven. No, we'll, like, we'll call we'll call Nwangu or however you say it. We'll call him a special yeah. teams. Normally, we're still talking about third round picks here, um, but yeah, we're yeah. just not anymore. So um, I think it's just hard, like... People are like, oh, what? What have you gone and picked him for? And I was like, well, the pool's thinner. Like, yeah, I had to pick someone, and so one of these running backs is potentially going to get a shot and come out of nowhere. And when a running back does that, that their value shoots up. So sometimes it's worth just taking a flyer on a running back, and if it's if it's late in your rookie draft, most of the time those players don't hit anyway. So yeah, yeah. If he happens to have a good game and you can sell him for something, super. Yep, or just sell into the Pats fan. Yep. As, as discussed before. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, a couple of... We'll just touch on a few guys, I guess, just to um, just to show you where they landed. We spoke about a few of these guys um, when we did our breakdown. Chuba Hubbard went to the Panthers. I suppose he replaces Mike Davis. Could season value if CMC goes down again. Um, so if you're the CMC owner, I'd probably be picking him up. Um, otherwise, you know, take a stab on him and hope CMC goes down. you got yourself a workhorse. Uh, Kenneth Gamewell went to the Eagles. Bit of a crowded backfield there. Um, probably going to get a fair bit of work in the passing game. He was he was pretty decent at that in college. So you can see him working out of the backfield. Um, and Elijah Mitchell, as discussed before, 49ers. Anything you want to say about those three guys or any other guys you want to talk about here, boys? We've got a, we've definitely got one we need to talk about. Well, oh, I think I, I like... Um, I definitely like... 
Uh, what's his name? Kenny I like Super Hubbard, definitely. You know, I like Kane Wheatgrass. Get to him in a second. Uh, Hubbard, I think... I missed that. What did you just say? I yeah. think they're going to have to... They'll be, have to use him a little bit in terms of they're not going to want to have what happened to CMC last season happen again. So they're going to be like... There's going to be a little bit of he's limitation gonna, on... But I think what he's trying to do. say is that... Oh, well, he's just talking like we didn't... Yep. Yeah, Pete, you just cut out for a little while there, mate, and you just kept talking like nothing happened. So everyone's a little bit confused as to what you said. So you don't want to say that again about True Barbard? <laughs> well, what, what I was saying I about True Barbard is... You fucking smother. Um, <laughs> no, my point, with, my point with Hubbard was that they're going to be <laughs> looking to spell, him more, spell CMC more than they have in the past. Um due to the injury and I think there's the opportunity for him to you know have some carries there and the upside of if potentially there is a any injury to, to CMC or the opportunity to be in that backfield that does run the ball well um, it's probably something that a lot of these other backs don't have and he has a different he has that upside that probably they might use uh, to get him on the field because he's dangerous and that's what mm. the Panthers sort of like to do so I think there's the chance there you're not looking at him being being CMC, always going to beat out CMC. It's not going to happen, right? But it's like, what can he do on the back of CMC that is valuable? And I think there's that's the point. He's going to see field um, mm-hmm. with some of these other guys. are sort of like we're hoping him to see, and maybe they might beat out the second running back and be the RB two in the team. This guy is in that spot. He's going to have some value, um, and that's why for me, he's probably the next guy in this list. And then, like Chris said, Kenny Gainwell, I'm pretty big on. Um, I think he showed really well, definitely in his pass catching and. And his speed in our tape we watched, and I think potentially this landing spot is, isn't isn't the gre- the greatest. And they also pulled in, I think, um, what's his name, Carry On Johnson. They did came across. Um, yeah. I think that was post. Was that post draft? Yeah, I think pre-draft. so. Yeah. I think it was um, after. Which is also interesting because it means like they weren't happy potentially with the room they had. Um, or well, maybe it was a move that the Lions made afterwards that put him on the open it up and they're like oh we're going to pick this guy up so yeah. I think there's just a lot of running backs in that room at the moment um, so it could be he's in with a shot right but it's he's compared to Chuba um, you're taking a gamble on is he actually like can he beat out the competition is he is he the one there and especially he was a lot late he was a little bit later wasn't he he was a fifth round as opposed to yeah we're starting uh, to look pretty was, late right yeah, yeah we're, we're getting fifth on the round, round, round later so so I do think, I think he's probably going to get a bit of a role and maybe catch some passes, but it, like I, I, I'm really, once I get past Michael Carter in this class, I really just don't care about anyone. What do you this think list. this says about Miles Sanders, though? Do you think it's just that we don't really like your pass-catching ability and we're just going to draft someone you can I be the runner? I think we or? just don't trust you to stay healthy. might be a bigger... Um, like, we don't think you can hold up to the workload. I think that mm. might be what it is. So they went and got, um, obviously, Carry On Johnson, uh, a proven um, healthy boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Glad but... I sold him when I did, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look. All right, so let's let's talk about just a couple more guys. Um, Larry yeah. Roundtree, guy we spoke about beforehand. Yeah, uh, he take him Roundtree. Yeah, take him Roundtree. Tree, yeah. tree, tree, because it's Roundtree tree. tree. Yeah. Uh, so definitely him. Uh, one guy we will talk about is Javian Hawkins. He was in a UDFA, uh, picked up by the the Atlanta Falcons. Um, he's got a bit of an interesting spot to uh, to get a bit of work. Uh, he's got to beat Mike Davis and uh, who else is in that backfield now? Both of knows. he actually has to beat out both of Mike Davis's quads. Yeah. Which is going to be tough because he's probably not much bigger than each of them himself. Unit old um, Mike Davis. Been, yeah, did been not doing a few leg presses, huh? Um, I think that's the thing that he compliment Mike Davis, right? Because the speed is his thing, right? He doesn't. He's not going to be a workhorse. He just has to get on the field again, and that's what it seems like. A lot of these backs are like, "Oh, we're not going to be your workhorse, but we're going to be your yeah, a little yeah. home run hitter." I think yeah. that's what's exciting about him. Sort of the the undrafted free agents that have kind of had a bit of an impact lately the two that come to mind for me are Raheem Mostert and uh Philip Lindsay and Mm. both of them are sort of like quick as hell um and a bit shifty can't teach speed yeah can't teach speed yeah so I just think he's probably going to get on the field every now and then he's gonna jump past someone and run 70 yards for a touchdown and you're going to be able to actually start that but you're never going to know when to so but it's sort of an interesting 
path to a, a role in a team that's not really sure where they're going. So maybe he has a few good games in a row and you can get a bit of value out of him, but I don't see any long-term value in him. Roger that. All right. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about here? I mean, Jake Funk's a great name. We'll just bring up because he's just got a great name. He went to LA. Uh, anyone else you want to want to bring up? I like Chris Evans. Um, Is it because he's Captain America? Or? Yeah. I mean, he, he's a superhero, literally. He's a great actor. Yeah. Um, put him oh, the in. running back. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. His, his tape's pretty good, but he's he's been hurt. So he's one of those kind of uh, highly touted guys that sort of faded out at the end of the college yeah, and it, it seems like the Bengals like to pick this kind of player. So, um, yeah, maybe Mixon goes down. Maybe he suddenly gets an opportunity and he shows something. But it, again, he's like, I think I took him in a 14-team league at the end of the fourth round. Like, we're talking about a flyer to stick at the end of your taxi squad. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's opportunity, right? He yeah. has no one in front of him if, if Mixon does get hurt. But, like, at the moment, Mixon looks to be moving for a lion's share role. So, yep. This is, this is the sort of thing now you're looking at. Like you said, it's with the position hmm. in the draft you're prepared to take him. What what do you want? Like a guy that is on a team um, and he's the fourth guy in line or the guy on the team that's the second guy in line? Um, All right. Well, that might do us for running backs. Um, got a few few sneaky rookie drafts still to go and it's going to be interesting to see where these guys go but I uh, can't wait to see where someone reaches for some guys next week Javante, Trey Sermon, Michael Carter see where all these guys go I'm looking forward to it but uh, yeah look good fun good fun yeah no, it's, uh, no, round three round three it's going to be tree tree who has three three yeah, by three, the way three. yeah but he can't go before that I don't have any third round picks but I will trade for one yeah hang on let me find out three three it's me <laughs> yes. So two two round two two and and yeah. Larry Roundtree Roundtree tree. tree. Yeah. Greg will take two yeah. two with two two. So that's that's good. Yeah, fun. He definitely will. He loves uh, the Rams. Why just small wide receiver? Give it up. Two right, two right. All right, boys. Always a pleasure. It's been good. Uh, good to have everyone back. Um, as I said, hit us up on the socials if you want to get in those survivor leagues. And uh, yeah, look, we're looking forward to them. So good fun. Good to be back. And uh, and thanks for coming, boys. Good. good yeah. Shit. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week. Bye bye.